Welcome to Burning Bright, a weekly podcast presenting poetry and prose from Passager. On this episode, Bridges. Margaret London Molinari said a tea leaf reader once told her that he could not see anything but paper in her future. She was a teacher at the time, surrounded by papers waiting to be graded. Now, she said, I'm surrounded by my own paper clutter, my own ill-formed offspring of my feeble brain. Here's her poem, Going Off the Bridge. My mother said, I'm going off the bridge. Then she ran out the door. We watched through the parlor window as she hurried down the street. My sister said not to worry. She always says that, and dumped out her doll's accessories, precious things she seldom let me touch. We played for a while, then we went upstairs to my mother's bedroom, where we opened her dresser drawers and pulled out her scented slips and nightgowns. We opened her jewelry case, too, and examined each piece, spreading out the necklaces and earrings and the brooches that stabbed your fingers if you weren't careful, all over her bed. Then my sister put some of the jewelry on me, and then on herself. We gazed at our gypsy selves in my mother's mirror, but it was getting dark and harder to see. We didn't put any lights on, we never did, until we heard the front door open and close, and then we ran down the stairs, dropping diamonds and pearls along the way. Margaret London Molinari's Going Off the Bridge from Passenger, Issue 67. Some people wear bridges in their mouths, wireframes with false teeth in various places. Gail Newman said that when her 95-year-old mother had a stroke, she helped her prepare for bed and witnessed her nightly routine, which included removing her bridge and placing it in a glass of water. She said the image of the two of us in the mirror and the realization that we were growing old together inspired the bridge. When she takes out the bridge, exposing large gaps at the gums, my mother suddenly is not my mother. Minutes ago, done up in an Angora crew neck, freshwater pearls at the throat. She leans over the sink, holding the ledge with gnarled fingers, breasts sagging under a white towel as I submerge a washcloth into hot water and glide a bar of ivory soap across her back. In the mirror, two old women move slowly, one behind the other, both bodies grown into abundance, heavy with years. I count them. Ninety-six, sixty, forty-five, twenty. Until we are both girls again, big-eyed, bows in our hair. My mother takes off her glasses, so her face is a soft blur, our hands now side by side, mine dry, mottled as a leaf, hers like paper, transparent blue. Who can say which is the elder? It's quiet in the bathroom, splash of water on porcelain bowl. Gail Newman's poem, The Bridge, from Passenger, Issue 65. Bridge is also a game. Here's Betty Ann Howard's poem from Passenger, Issue 67, Politics at the Bridge Table. There she sits, with her point of view poised upon her shoulder like a furious bird, wings spread, keen to attack, to go for the eyes should someone see the world in a way that offends her.
No falconer would dare control the swoop of her opinion. Diving down, it scatters the cards, upturns the drinks, then turns away, returns and smooths its pinions, while she, again, takes up her hand. Politics at the Bridge Table Betty Ann Howard Roy Chang Tsung was born in New York. His father was a Chinese diplomat, and when Mao Zedong came to power after World War II, Roy's father wanted to be part of the new China, and so moved the family back to their homeland. Here's a short excerpt from Roy's book, Beyond Lo Wu Bridge, the physical connector between Hong Kong and communist China, and the metaphorical bridge between the free world and the oppression of Mao's China. The bridge was not long. It was a simple structure of wood and concrete with railroad tracks. A white demarcation line ran across the middle. There were no modern buildings on the Chinese side. The land looked barren and rural. Behind the Chinese border guards, a five-star red flag fluttered from the top of its tall mast. We were promptly marched off to a small outpost structure near the checkpoint and lined up against the wall. A grim British officer with dark glasses came out and looked us over. Across Lowu Bridge stood solemn Chinese guards in olive green. One of them was holding a large automatic weapon with holes on the barrel. I reluctantly followed my mother across the bridge. Two People's Liberation Army guards came forward. I heard a voice addressing us over a loudspeaker. Welcome, countrymen, it said followed by a song that began with, East is red, the sun rises. My mother surrendered her passport. It had a red diplomatic cover and bore the Chinese nationalist government emblem. I looked over my shoulder and glanced back at the other end of the bridge. With fist on hips, the grim British officer stood beneath the Union Jack, observing us through his dark glasses. Behind him, the armed men remained at attention. I looked for the officer with tobacco-stained teeth. For a second, there was a faint smile on his dark face when our eyes met. As I stood on the small wooden bridge, I stole one last glimpse of the outside world. An excerpt from Roy Chang Tsung's memoir, Beyond Lo Wu Bridge. To buy Beyond Lowu Bridge or to subscribe to or learn more about Passager and its commitment to writers over 50, go to PassagerBooks.com. You can download Burning Bright from Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, and various other podcast apps. For Kendra, Mary, Christine, Roseanne, and the rest of the Passager staff, I'm John Shore. Passenger.